0: This is Alicia Free, a badass belly dancer, musician, and real food enthusiast here to help you feel a little lighter. Each show will dive into music that makes us want to dance. We'll share secrets of looking smoking hot in costume and everyday life. We'll dote on delicious whole food that makes us glow. And I'll throw in a damn sexy dance move you can try at home. I'm going to start this show with the Saint of Truth Saint of Truth. That the sound in this is not amazing, so please listen to the words, listen to the message. This interview with Johanna is a goldmine of tips and ideas and wonderful practices. I spend something like eight hours editing these interviews to make them sound as good as possible for you, but sometimes technical issues get in the way and the sound's not as great as I would hope, so please enjoy it even though the sound quality is not the best throughout. I am so honored to share the wisdom of this goddess of a teacher and performer with you all today. The multi-talented Johanna Zenobia dedicates her life towards the evolution of belly dance and community. In addition to being an absolutely fabulous dancer and drummer, Johanna has a superpower that we all need in our daily lives. She has the power to deeply relax us, giving us permission to move as if we all had all the time in the world. that was a profound gift that you gave me at super fun dance camp when I took a yoga class with you and it stayed with me like I'd never given myself that kind of permission so thank you and this is another reason why I'm just so excited that Johanna's here because we're all going to get something really great out of this podcast Johanna owns directs and teaches at hip expressions in St. Petersburg Florida this is 20 minutes from the beach she's so smart Hip Expressions is an inclusive movement community that, since 2004, hosts over 25 instructors, hundreds of students, musicians and artists from belly dance to Polynesian to samba and burlesque. She runs a dance teacher training course, directs the Hip Stars Belly Dance Troupe, and performs all over, including on a belly dance party cruise in the Caribbean, correct? Yes, absolutely, every year. In February, which is when I need to get out of upstate New York, and she herself produces this belly dance party crews. She's also a massage therapist, a yoga teacher, a Reiki practitioner, and a fire dancer, and holds two degrees from the University of Chicago in anthropology and art history. Through yoga, massage, Reiki, meditation, and dance, I'd say Johanna has had more training on wellness than about 99% of the people in the world. And it's fantastic. And I know this interview is gonna give us so many great ideas that will make our lives a little lighter and maybe even a lot lighter. So let's begin. Danceable ritual. Johanna, you have a really fun video on Instagram of you dancing in front of the Bellagio fountains in Vegas at night. And I feel like that's a lot of the essence of this danceable ritual that we have, where we're dancing in a place that's not a dance studio, that's not in a dance context, but we're moved to dance and we're incorporating more dance into our lives. The description of the video on Johanna's Instagram channel, which is Belly Dance Yogini, by the way, I'll put that in the show notes as well, the description says dance everywhere. So do you have a danceful ritual that you'd like to share?
1: Absolutely. I think we get so caught up in trying to do dance right, and we're trying to get the technique right and everything, that it's really important to remember that we dance because it comes from our heart, because it feeds our soul. So the ritual that I recommend, and I put this in my dance teacher training, which we're going to talk about later as well, is first thing in the morning is the best time to do it. And just kind of get quiet and still. And then the magic of taking three breaths with no music around, nothing, just taking just standing, taking a moment, taking three breaths, and really just checking in with your body and how you feel, like maybe a body scan. And then deciding with what intent you want to dance. So. We are so inspired by music, and we all have our favorite music that we love to dance to. But really deciding what's my intent to dance today. What is the purpose of my dance before I get swept up into what I'm inspired by the outside, right? I can dance to anything, but what? Am, why am I dancing? And then picking one piece of music that fits your mood and just pre-dancing to it. No mirrors, nothing. How does this music manifest in my body? And just taking that moment to have that intention before we put on the music. Because I know if I put on the music first, then I'm going to get caught up in whatever intention that artist has or whatever feelings that music has. But if I can create my own intention first and then get swept up into the music and then combine that together, then I can really connect with my inner self.
0: Wonderful. So it's a first thing in the morning is ideal, you're saying. And maybe even just every time before you turn on music, yeah. you can take these three deep breaths and think, well, what is your intention when you're listening to this music? That's beautiful.
1: Yeah, because I think often we use dance, or I know I, I can use dance and music as an escape. Where I don't want to use it as an escape, I want to use it in addition to what's already happening in my life to augment my reality, not to avoid it.
0: Beautiful. Thank you. If you have a danceable ritual you want to share, please visit Aliciafree.com. That's A-L-I-C-I-A Free F-R-E-E. And click on the Facebook icon and post your ritual. We want to see who you are and what makes you want to dance. And if you tried one of these danceable rituals, tell us how it went. Go to aliciafree.com, click on that Facebook icon, and post. Now it's time for some music. Danceable Song Due to my confusion with fuzzy copyright laws, I am unfortunately not going to include clips of the featured songs here on the podcast unless I get permission from the artists. The featured songs will always be available on Spotify on my Belly Dance Body and Soul playlist.
1: Is there a danceable song that you would
0: like to share?
1: So I have two awesome danceable songs. The first is very introspective and it's by Krishna Dots and it's called My God is Real. And it's all about sort of giving into that beautiful reality of na- the power of nature and the flow. So I use it when I'm in a place I really need to go inside and I'm ready to blossom from the inside out. So it's very quiet meditative. Christian Das is a kirtan artist, and that means he plays chantable, it's like sing-along yoga music. And so he's got some really great yoga chants, and I, some of it's in English and some of it's in Sanskrit. And I love that because if I'm not too caught up in the words, then I can, again, sort of add my own emotion to it and really kind of tap into the vibration of the sound, which is what yoga chanting is really all about. So it's very meditative, very introspective. I'm I'm a very spiritual person, not a religious person, so I definitely have this humbleness in the face of nature we are so powerless in the world once you think about it there's this amazing power of nature that's just so much greater than me i used to like not be okay calling it god because has such weird connotations for so many people but lately i'm just like whatever you know my friend sent me a video the honey badger video have you seen that one? Mm-hmm. Oh my god so it's this honey badger like in the nature channel who's running around you know it, like goes into honey and eats the larva of bees and bees are stinging him. you know honey badger don't give a shit you know so <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, give a shit, because it's like attacking snakes anyway. So whatever, God, goddess, nature, it's all the same, but it's real, it's out there. And if I can kind of tap into that divine flow, then I'm doing the right thing. And then the other one is for just like dancing out the bullshit And by Lizzo, and it's called Good as Hell. Lizzo, I was just introduced to her actually by a new hoop instructor I was talking to, and she played real go out and get him type of stuff. So it's, how you doing, girl? I'm good as <laughs> hell, you know. <laughs> Wonderful.
0: And we'll have links to both of those in the show notes as well as on the Belly Dance, Body, and Soul Spotify playlist. So I love that when I asked you about a danceable song, you wrote live music. <laughs> and you want to talk a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, so for me, I mean, and I love choreography. I do lots of choreographies. I love tribal improv. I love choreography. I love complete improvisation. But for me, the real, the real like, juice of belly dance or any sort of dance comes when you're inspired in the moment and you're creating in the moment. It's something that happens once. You can video record it, but it's just not the same as being there. It's a complete embodiment of just being present and living in the now. So if I can just dance and be in the now with live music, who these musicians are also being there in the now, I mean, this is magic. This is the stuff that dreams are made of. when we're all just co-creating together in a moment of complete, Freedom and flow and creativity, that's where I love to get my groove on.
0: I totally agree. And and I see this trend, too, with less live music. There are less live music venues in our town. just more DJs. I think it's just easier for bars to make money with DJs. I feel very blessed to have bands in my town and be in a band and have live music in my life. And I know so many dancers don't have that. So they have to go to places like the Belly Dance Cruise. When is it? The Belly Dance Party Cruise, right? (laughs) Or Super Fun Dance Camp, which is no more. But you have to seek it out sometimes, right?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. And there's a real magic that's being lost. Mm-hmm. I see so many people come to dance classes and they just kind of want to learn the steps and learn how to do the thing. Like, got to come from inside. So, teaching technique and improvisation at the same time is so important.
0: Mm-hmm. That was another interesting thing about the Hopless at Super Fun Dance Camp was watching some people that are in ATS not have any idea what to do on their own with live music. You know, and you just kind of look at them. Wow, okay, I've come so far, so that's nice to realize. And also, holy shit, these guys are dancers and they don't feel comfortable in this space. And so I really liked fusing those worlds to the tribal fusion of the ATS and the more classic forms of belly dance and music that happens
1: in places like Super Fun Dance Camp. Well, there's such, I think, a drive in us to be better. And then I think for me, at least, a lot of my perfectionist tendencies Come out. Mm -hmm. So I'm really worried about what do I look like and am I doing it right? And the bottom line is, in life, like nobody really cares.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nobody remembers the stuff you think they're going to (laughs) remember.
1: So doing something honestly and with integrity and with passion is so important. And I think the way we need to raise our kids is to follow their dreams, let them do what they want to do instead of telling them they should do this or that or can't do whatever. And I think it gets worse as we get older because then we get like there's ways, there's paths we need to follow and things we have to do.
0: There's one more thing you wrote about playlists, how important playlists are. Do we want to talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, so people are always asking me, Johanna, I love your music. I love your. Where do you find it? Where do you As if there's some like magic place that you can just go like, click, here's all my music. The truth is that it takes a lot of work to put all that music together. Playlists are really important. I love Spotify and there's other programs out there too that you can create a playlist. So when I hear a piece of music I like, I stick it into my playlist. There's a couple different ways I organize playlists that I find useful for people. I organize them by, by emotional. Kind of by theme or by intent, is this more meditative? Is this get a party music? Is this sexy? Is inspiring? Is it playful? Is it motivating? Whatever it is. And then I know, oh, I want a cool down song. Okay, I need something that's more meditative. I want a warm up song, but I want to warm up a little peppier today. Then I can go to that playlist. And then also organizing things by beats per minute. Mm. (laughs) I've been in classes and I've been in there myself where I'm like, okay, I need a song that's just slightly faster than this. But which song? But if I can organize by beats per minute 100, 105, 110, 15, you know. 20, 130, 140, whatever, then I know immediately, oh, if I'm teaching class and I need something a little slower, I can immediately like, well, let's slow it down. And stuff. So that's a really powerful tool. And then when you listen to the radio options, they offer you different things, and then you can explore that artist, and then you can start a radio station based on that artist, and it'll show you more things. So it takes time and effort, but it's so worth it once you get it kind of all organized together.
0: What a great tip for teachers about the beats per minute. Yes. Because you can read what your class needs, right? They need it to slow down, need a break, or they need it to speed up because they're yawning or whatever, right? So that's a great tip. If you want a huge jump on creating your own playlist for dance, just check out the giant collection of danceable songs that I've created for you already on Spotify. Search for Belly Dance Body and Soul there, and you can choose which songs speak to you, organize them by emotion as Johanna is suggesting, and even by BPM so you're a fantastic drummer when i was watching you super fun dance camp which was killing it what do you wish someone told you before you started drumming with other musicians
1: most drummers don't listen and i don't mean the ones when you go to super fun dance camp or on the cruise drummers that are trained in middle eastern style are the ones that listen but if you just go to your average drum circle no one's there specifically to listen because they haven't been trained right they see oh i go and i play on a drum and i'm going to make some noise right? So then you get there and you get with people that don't have that sensitivity. And the difference with Middle Eastern drumming is that there has to be a huge sensitivity. Belly dancing has all these intricate movements because it matches the music. Original Middle Eastern ensembles were quiet. There were no amplifiers and microphones and speakers, right? So you have a nigh player, which is the flute, and it's very quiet. You have a violin player, which is not super loud. You have an oud, which is not a loud instrument. It's a soft guitar. And you had a rick player who's playing the tambourine, right? The Middle Eastern tambourine. And it's soft and quiet and intricate. And then you have this intimate gathering of these musicians and maybe a dancer there who's also dancing all these intricate moves. Most of the drumming at the drum circles is African drumming. And if you've seen African dance and African drumming, it's very big. Their arms are going. Everything's loud and fun. It's interesting how the music matches the movement. So if that's the style they're playing, then that's the dancing that kind of goes with that style. And they're not going to get all the intricacies that we need. I was on a sunset cruise once, and I was on the top deck, and they had a bunch of drums out, and people were like, oh, let's just jam and play. So the guys got on there. They had no training whatsoever and, of course, a bunch of beers. And so they're just playing, and it's just chaos. Like, nobody's listening to anybody else. They're all on different beats, and I'm like, this is ridiculous. So I get on a drum, and I'm like trying to hold that bass beat for them, right? Trying to hold. And they get frustrated after a while because they can hear that they're not playing what I'm playing, right? And some guy's wife slips up next to him and then she starts playing on the edge (laughs) of his drum, right? Because she can hear me. She's listening. And then she's moving in and then he slides away and she's playing and she's listening because she can hear what I'm doing. She can see me. She's paying attention. So within 30 minutes or less, all the drums had been taken over by women and we were playing a beautiful arrangement that was all on the same beat at the same time and I just laughed to myself. that Wow. What sensitivity. Women, we are trained listeners and not that men can't listen either, but I think innately through whatever our role in society, our position, whatever, whatever reason, that women tend to be better listeners and so I I love playing with drummers like Casey Bond, and she's also been a dancer, so she knows exactly right. where I'm coming from. And there's many, many men that do the same thing. I mean, Carmine's fantastic, right? He knows how to pay attention. I dance with other bands, and they don't really know how to pay attention, and they're just playing their music, and I get to dance along, but it's not as fun as paying attention, zone in, right. and then working together on stuff.
0: But thank God there are a lot of male drummers who do listen really well there are too yeah. many alpha males yeah. a lot of them don't even know what the hell they're doing
1: so going in there as a woman and then you're like kind of intimidated because they seem to know what they're doing it's, oh yeah it's okay just stick to what you know and you'll be good
0: i totally yeah. agree tell us about your dance studio and this teacher training course that you've been putting out
1: I moved here to Florida in the year 2000 and immediately started dancing. And within the first year, I met a dancer named Karen Sunray, and we started working together. And in 2004, we started Hip Expressions together. And at that point, we were teaching sort of all around town, different places. And we started working together and sort of building this studio. And it's evolved into I've got over 25 instructors now. We opened a dance studio in 2008. We ran it together for a while, and then she stepped down. Now she teaches and co-produces our shows, so she's still very involved. But now we. Got over 25 instructors, and it's a variety from belly dance to Polynesian to burlesque to samba to <laughs> jazz tap. A little, bit of, a little bit of the traditional stuff, but mostly very non-traditional. Nia, which I don't know if you're familiar with Nia, but it stands for non-impact aerobics or neuro-integrative activity. And it's kind of like if yoga could dance. So any dancer who's been to a yoga class and been like, I can't sit this still, wah, wah, like Nia is fantastic because it combines martial arts and modern dance and Tai Chi, and it makes you improvise. So I have some belly dancers that will go to a Nia class and be like, I don't know what to do. No one's telling me what to do. And it's like, you have to dance from your heart. So we have all sorts of wonderful mostly adult dance classes, and a community of artists. We do monthly showcases, we do a big fire show twice a year. The real focus is how to be an inclusive creative movement community. How do we welcome everybody, right? Make it an accepting place. How do we inspire people, of course, right? And then how do we connect as a community and really nurture that side of things? Because working together, we can accomplish more than we can alone. So as I trained people almost 20 years ago, those was training people, now they're my teachers. So I kind of joke that we just outgrew our competition because we just kept absorbing everybody, right? So now we have three rooms, so then nobody had to go anywhere else to find a place to teach. And the fact that it's all under one umbrella means that we're all going to each other's events and we're all supporting the Hofflas and all this stuff, which is fantastic. With wanting to support this mission, I train all my staff in how do we create community, accept everybody, and inspire people. Our goal is not excellence, our goal is not to lose weight. It's accepting yourself the way you are. And then, of course, as a byproduct of movement and dance and inspiration, you're going to feel better about yourself, you're going to have more self-confidence, possibly lose weight, tone muscle, whatever. But that's not our purpose. Our purpose is to be who we are and then enjoy ourselves. So then for the teacher training that I'm doing, they came across because I was trying to train my teachers. How do we make sure that every class, every event, really supports this mission? How does every class make sure we acknowledge everybody in the room? And it's by using different formations in class. You know, so many aerobics classes and yoga classes, instructor stands at the front of the room, everybody's in the back, and they sort of follow along, right? And you can kind of hide in the back and nobody actually sees you. But when you use different formations, like getting in a circle, moving across the floor together, sharing names, I mean, that really creates a community. But at the same time, you don't want to get bogged down in just chit-chat conversation because everybody's there to dance. So that's one of the main things I address in my teacher training is like how do we make sure our mission is supported in the classroom. And then also with my background in massage therapy and yoga and anatomy, I bring in all those things that I never learned as a belly dancer. You know, when I started learning almost 25 years ago, It was sort of follow the bouncing butt, like my Egyptian teacher, and we'd bop along, and she'd make us improvise and, and all this stuff. But no one taught me about anatomy or dance safety or what muscles I'm using and which ones I should stretch out after class. So I've been really trying to take all that and say, how do we incorporate that into the teacher training, along with, of course, how do you break down music? I was never taught to do that. How do you break down music? What are the basic building block belly dance moves? And then how do you create a combination out of them? How do you listen to music and then create something from there? How do you compose? So all these different elements. I'll just come back to supporting our mission. And I like to share Johanna's one rule for belly dance. I test my students all the time. I'm like, what's the one rule? And they come up with, smile. I'm like, okay, that's a good one. But (laughs) the number one rule for belly dance is do what's appropriate in the moment. For your body, right? So what's appropriate for your body in this moment? What's appropriate for the setting, right? Moves you might do uh, in your belly dancing in the bedroom might be a little different than you do at like the kid's birthday party. And then do what's, what matches the music too and the costuming. I mean, it all has to come together and be like, well, what's being asked of me right now? And every teacher is a different style of teaching. So my teacher training really focuses on not telling people what their style is, not telling people how to be a dancer, but how do you take your skills that you already have and then add breaking down the music the anatomy, and then creating these ways to support the mission statement to accept everybody and not get caught up in an ego trip, not get caught up into comparisons, not getting caught up into perfectionism. Because that's where, as students, our mind immediately goes to, I'm not as good as the teacher. I can't do this right. I'm not doing it correctly. So how do we say that's not even an issue? Let's just focus on exploring the fun of what dance has to offer.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about your dance background? I've gone through all different styles of dance, of belly dance.
1: When I started, I had an Egyptian teacher in Chicago, Terry Suri. And it was fall, the bouncing butt, all the way. And I had another teacher. My first first teacher was Susan Simpson, who ended up moving to Colorado. and But she was all about that joy in the dance. And it was mostly, I guess, Egyptian and folkloric style. And then I was introduced to tribal belly dance through Paulette. And gypsy Caravan, and then there were a Fat Chance Troops sort of popped up in our area, and I was introduced to tribal, and I love that, too. And so, I was also starting to dance in the nightclubs there, and back then, there were, and there still are, lots of Arabic bands in Chicago, so I was dancing cabaret style in the clubs. And I started to study and travel different places. Delena was there. She was doing a lot with the clubs, too. So I started cabaret when I moved to Florida in 2000. So I started belly dancing because my grandma took me to Turkey. I was in college at the University of Chicago. My grandma took me to Turkey, and I saw my first belly dancers there in the Turkish nightclubs and back there all they wore was like these little bikini tops right and like voluptuous woman they came out and I'm like am I supposed to be watching this even <laughs> You know, and there's my grandma on this tour. And I look at my grandma and my family's Ukrainian. My parents came over when they were young. So my grandparents are immigrants from Ukraine and they're European. So they're like, yeah, you watch The Belly Dancer and you do this. And I was like, well, I'm going to enjoy this then. (laughs) And I love how people went in the nightclubs and everybody would dance. Grandmas, children, men, women, everybody. And I was like, I don't know what that is. But I want it because I always just did like little white girl dance in high school or whatever. So I came back and started studying. So when I moved here in 2000, I love the inclusiveness of tribal. I love the earthiness. So I started a tribal dance troupe. And we started doing lots of different uh, Spirit of the Tribes back when it was in Miami. I ended up teaching fire out at Tribal Fest. So doing lots of the tribal route. But at the same time, I was making a living in the nightclubs here and in the restaurant. So I came here to do massage therapy thinking I'd do belly dance on the side. But belly dance became my world. I started teaching tons of classes and I started dancing in the restaurants and the private parties and the nightclubs and the other nightclubs and the Wednesday night nightclub and da-da-da-da. So I did that for years and years and years. So my background's kind of been in both. I have one foot in both worlds and it depends what I'm feeling at the time and what I want to do with it. The premise at Hip Expressions was belly dance is the same moves. It's the same basic fundamental isolations, right? So when you have beginners come in, they need to learn chest lifts, they need to learn you know, all that stuff. So basic isolations and then how you stylize it is then what style it becomes. The original dancers, I took the Suhaila training a few years ago and back in that day, like the same dancers that were performing in the nightclubs were the ones that were performing at the Ren Fair doing tribal during the day. Mm -hmm. So there's no separation between tribal and cabaret and folkloric. There's different styles, there's different music, there's different stylizations, there's different costuming, but my jazz instructor who I met in therapy school, Evelyn Tosi. Uh, she's a retired showgirl from Guam. When she was introduced to the belly dance world, she was like, why do some call them tribal and some call cabaret? She says, when I'm in a show, sometimes I'm doing the country western number and sometimes I'm doing the tap number. She does a show with all the things. So she doesn't understand as a dancer who's expected to do all these different things, why the belly dance world is so segregated. So from the beginning, Hip Expressions was like, we're doing all the things. And we still do. We've got tribal fusion and ITS and cabaret and Turkish and, and all that different stuff.
0: It's so much fun that we can dabble and figure out what we love and then just go for it. It's beautiful that you guys are offering all of that in the same studio.
1: And apparently we spoil our students because it's pretty unusual I hear.
0: (laughs) Totally. I wish you guys were in Ithaca. We have awesome dancers around here but nobody's doing what you guys are doing around here so.
1: Well and dancers move away and they stop dancing because they're like I haven't found a place like Hip Expressions Uh, and I'm like what? sorry. <laughs> the main thing is that I want to make sure that when I am doing different styles that I'm really embodying that style. That it's not just Johanna in a tribal outfit, Johanna in a cabaret costume. Now she's doing folklore. I really want to be stylistically and energetically completely different when I do those different styles.
0: I'm doing this three-part series on the history of belly dance. We got part three coming up. That'll be fun. I've got good news. This show may be over, but this interview with Johanna is not over. It was just too full of amazing information and amazing dance wisdom for me to cram into one show. In the second part of this interview, Johanna's gonna get very vulnerable. It's really special. She's gonna talk about how the dance community rose to support her when she was diagnosed with breast cancer at the age of 32. And she's gonna share her damn sexy dance move. Hint, it involves a shimmy and an undulation layered together, so beautiful. And she's gonna teach you how to do it yourself. She's going to talk about dancing with fire. It's a really beautiful second half. So if you've already subscribed to this podcast, the second part of this interview is going to pop right up in your podcast feed. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do, and the second half of this interview will pop up in your podcast feed along with many other amazing interviews and episodes of A Little Lighter coming up. It comes out every other week, it's less than 30 minutes long, and it's going to make you want to dance. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Dance with me on YouTube, listen to the music I've selected for you on Spotify, and try some free vegan recipes on AliciaFree.com. This is alicia free hoping this show helped you feel a little lighter